0: I would like to invite each of you to listen carefully to God's voice in your heart. Listen to His voice. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Open your hearts, open up your hearts to Christ.
1: American way, you're listening to Pop and Jay. Hey, hi, howdy ho Thanks again Alicia for that intro. And yes, we are Pop and Jay. I'm Jay Sica and uh that there's my pop. Say hi pop.
2: Don't tell me what to do. Uh okay. Oh, hello, Alicia, again. Gosh, don't you just love that voice? (laughs) Hello out there, everyone in Trumpistan and beyond. Wait, is there such a thing as beyond Trumpistan now? I'm pretty (sighs) sure the Orange Emperor officially rules the whole planet, right?
1: Yeah, him and Putin together.
2: Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: well, a lot's been happening since... yeah. I know, especially with, yeah. Anyways, a lot's been happening uh, since we last spoke on a podcast. Um, By the way, if you didn't hear our last podcast, check it out if you missed it. We talked about true happiness. So it's a good kind of the other side of the coin to maybe today's.
2: uh, An early teaser. I love it. We did talk about happiness. Mm -hmm. And we definitely hit on some crucial points, as usual. But we could have gone on and on and on, because we talk a lot, right? Isn't that sort of like a motto thing? yeah, often and J, and yeah, we said a lot, but however much we said, like Aquinas when he said everything I've written is like straw, I feel like happiness is so huge and and I think today's topic to me is almost the opposite as as far as scope. Um, I think happiness is is endlessly huge to talk about, but I think today's topic is more limited.
1: Well, I don't know. I feel like we're going to have similar issues because, like, you wrote about this topic for today's episode on your blog, which is awesome. Uh, right equals might dot dot com. Um, but it's also one that we both talk about personally because we've had personal issues. I guess every every human being really does.
2: Well, uh, almost every human being. I'm not sure he is human, but I was referring to. Our future Secretary of Defense General, Mad Dog Mattis. Give it up, people!
1: <laughs> yes, uh, yes. I guess he doesn't have to deal with today's topic, which is
2: fear. fear. If, if, if we don't do... Uh, yeah, it is fear. If we don't do, by the way, an episode on Mad Dog Mattis someday, he's going to kill us all. He might anyways.
1: He might anyway. But, um, yeah. Actually, you're right. We should. He's He's quite a remarkable freaking he's guy a, except we'd have to like bleep the whole episode doing his quotes so he he
2: he swears a little but he's really not that big of a potty mouth
1: it's not a potty mouth when he says it it's more of like badass mouth <laughs> you know like there's a difference if you're just like talking curse words a, for no reason or if you're saying actually
2: them. great metaphor not metaphor but like uh, maybe a symbol here is uh, we are talking about fear today and we just mentioned general mattis well as far as fears of national security and bad guys in the world, we don't need to be quite so fearful anymore. In fact, we don't need to be afraid at all now because that dude is going to take care of business.
1: Yeah, I think it's so funny that people are actually insinuating that like Putin is excited about Trump's administration. Well, oh. I, I really I kind of tend to disagree with that. And Putin is a bad guy, but like this whole thing... Bad guys in this world are not happy that Trump is in. I promise that.
2: Hell Believe no, me. especially Believe me. especially countries who, whenever the United States is weak, they benefit. What has happened with Russia in the last eight years? They have almost regained their superpower status. Yeah, because America declined so greatly in the world that that dictators like that rise. Well, the, the flip side of that is when America rises people like that diminish so depending that, on yeah. that's simple math
1: yeah totally and they anyways that's a whole other episode but i thought about this fear topic because i was listening to our happiness episode and i was i was wondering especially for me personally if the opposite of happiness isn't actually sadness but fear because mm. uh I don't know, fear really gets to me. Like, even just thinking about doing this episode, I was getting anxious. Because when I start <laughs> to talk about anxiety, it just... I just don't... It, whenever somebody starts to talk to me about it, like...
2: Irony alert. Irony alert.
1: Yeah, and it, and that kind of really defines what a lot of these illogical fears are made out of, you know? Straw. But, anyways, it doesn't make it any less... Feels debilitating. Um, but it... It's something also that you have to remind yourself that God clearly tells us to avoid, you know.
2: Yes, but there's so much of it, man. You you just nailed it. And I guess anxiety we, we want to be careful about lumping in any kind of anxiety type feelings with fear cuz you can feel anxious and not necessarily be afraid. I'm not sure they're the same thing, but that, you know all these little snowflakes out there now. Um, that term, if you don't know it, <laughs> whoever coined it is the genius. But rush. Uh, you know these these kids. Uh, I don't think it was him, but maybe not. Uh, these people out there who like the college students who have to have safe places and all of that. And someone right. coined the term "snowflakes" because they just melt. Mm-hmm. If anything, you know anything comes along, especially like Donald Trump. I mean, they're melting like crazy. Um, in the face of the aforementioned orange one out there yeah. there's so much there's so much fear out there yeah. a lot of it's irrational fear this fake news thing that's in the news now um is they it sort of egg each other on and social media it, and that's on both sides of the spectrum there's like you go to the, some of the crazy uh i would say right wing but like whatever they are alt-right sites like uh uh What's the one with Alex Jones?
1: Uh, I would yeah. not even give him the courtesy of being called right. He's just loony. Yeah, he's
2: like alt-right, whatever. But they do the same thing that the Daily Cause and uh, Huffington Post and the left-wing sites do. They 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 seize on things that they know. Even Glenn Beck, to some are,
1: degree, does it?
2: Oh, yeah. If you have, like, low-information people uh, subscribing to you, listening reading whatever and you know that they're it's a it's a demagoguing and people have done it forever but nowadays with social media i think never in the history of the world has demagoguery been so effective you can whoop people up into a lather you can make them terrified and afraid you can play as al gore said play on their fears you can do that now more than ever in history
1: fear is everywhere and it's funny because we just went through this crazy election And it's like, I guess you could say both sides, yes, if you want to call it sides like that. But really, I think we saw and are continuing to see how much the left in this nation, and probably the whole entire world, I'm sure every... Because actually, I know it's the whole world, because today we're actually uh, in the aftermath of that horrible attack in Germany, and we're seeing the media there... Using the same tactic that you saw here on the left, which is using fear uh, of the opponent to, to 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 gym people up, which I guess, like you said, is natural, kind of. But really, I feel like that's like one, two, and three—the three like men, multiple steps of the left's plan. Like they go to it constantly; like it's always what they go back to. Oh and, yeah, and, that's and the card play. At any cost, they make things up. I mean, it, just throw anything. Keep throwing stuff. And like today, or yesterday, there was the attack on that Christian market in Germany. Yeah. And so people in the media there today are immediately going after, uh, you would think, oh, fear of terrorism, right? No, no, no. Fear of how the right uh, right-wing politicians are going to respond to Merkel, the president there. How they're going to exploit right. this? Supposedly, it's always somehow you t- like you turn your opponent into the bad guy, and I don't. Oh mean- yeah.
2: Well, Loretta Lynch, our uh, attorney general, uh, years back, she said uh, after right after uh, uh, yet another Islamic terrorist attack, she said, "My greatest fear is that there will be a big backlash against Muslims." That's her greatest fear. Right. As right. people are blown to bits and ripped apart, and that's her greatest fear. Uh,
1: so, so maybe I don't know. We'll talk about different aspects of fear to, a little bit today. But like, so I know there's like, like we were talking about the snowflakes being afraid of nothing. Like they're they're idiots. They concoct
2: boogie boogeyman. Yeah, they concoct it's, it's,
1: things that are yeah. not realistic, and yet they are daft to things that are legitimate. Uh, things that people should be concerned about, if not, like, actually yeah. walking around afraid. Because you've got the cliche now, too. Like, the terrorists have won if we're really afraid. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. The terrorists have won if we completely alter our lives. But being cautious is different, you know.
2: Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, it's funny. You, I just This moment occurred to me when you were talking about the, the snowflakes and the manufacturing Factured fear and all that—it's—it's it's just proof, a hundred percent proof, that we have the power to choose what we're afraid of, or if we're afraid of something. Because you, people, are currently right now choosing to not be afraid of things like radical Islamic terror, while they're they are being afraid of things like uh, Donald Trump rounding up uh, transgender people and killing them. So they, they've they've worked themselves into a lather to be afraid of something that never in the history of the world is going to happen. Yeah. will not ever happen. Meanwhile, the thing that's happening, every time you turn your head, it's happening. Mm-hmm. They're not afraid of that. So that and just goes to like, prove that we can choose what we're afraid of. I mean, maybe. Right? Well,
1: you definitely have control over it. And like like we say like we've, jo- like, teased many times, like, these gun-free zones. You should be terrified to be in a gun-free zone. <laughs> but they're not, and right. they don't, I don't know. But, so, I don't know if that's exactly what I was thinking of for this topic because I really wanted to get to the heart of fear because it's like, like I said, the Bible tells you and God instructed um you know, things that we should do, love, and things that we shouldn't do, and fear is really one that you just see over and over and over. Do not be afraid, yeah. do not be afraid, be not afraid, be not afraid. And then you've got like blessed Pope John Paul, Saint Pope John Paul II, his motto everywhere all the time be not afraid. And because, you know, at his, during his life, there was so much fear, the Cold War and all this stuff that.
2: Yeah real fears mm-hmm. those were real fears by the way
1: and i know uh, if you
2: if you yeah. lived through that time uh, like i did mm-hmm. and, and you were not afraid of a nuclear holocaust then something was wrong with your fear sensors because yeah. uh, all the way back to the 40s it, it was possible and in uh, what with the the cuban missile crisis in the early 60s it almost happened and if you read the accounts of that you would not believe how close this world came to ending um and those were real fears. So anyway, the thing you said about the Bible, there's a there's a sort of a thing out there. It is a thing that says, uh, it's one of those fake news things. It says, there's exactly 366 t- times in the Bible where it says, you know, be not afraid, fear not. And that's one for every day, including leap year. Well, it, it's not 366 because <laughs> there's a context thing. But um, seriously, in the context we're talking about, People like you just said. People
1: love to find random things like that and make it mm-hmm. like... And make it real.
2: Yeah. But some, like, <laughs> in the context that you just said it, well over a hundred times, fear not is said in the Bible. Right. So what does that tell you? It tells you that uh, even as far back, you know, thousands of years ago, we had the same thing going on. Because that was sort of like the theme is humans are afraid. We're just these little creatures quaking in the little specks of nothing in a giant universe. And we're terrified. We're afraid. We're always afraid. And God's role and his angels role. And one of his stated goals was to tell us it's okay. And don't be afraid and teach us how to not be afraid.
1: Because it's so natural. And you see it in like these animals that we've done these podcasts about, or we've mentioned them and, you know, we love them so much. And it's so, it's like, it's like, as natural as anything when you see an animal that's really afraid like an innocent animal you want to help it because you totally empathize with that feeling it's like this very base like but totally relatable emotion and you and God sees saw that in us but he never showed it like Jesus I don't feel like there's ever him being afraid like there was concern and like sadness but right. even in the Garden of Gethsemane, I feel like he didn't exemplify
2: fear. No, it it, it really wasn't. It was it, it was. I think what that kind of was more like is what you just said about animals, because uh, our Lord was an animal. He was a yeah. human animal, um, and that means that he had he was what What do we know? He know, we know he was fully human and fully divine. Mm-hmm. So the fully the fully human part has all of the like the little. Things that come along with that, um, and in fact, I decided I didn't want to go all crazy philosophical, Aquinas and the Greeks in this episode. Just maybe just a teeny bit, but what is fear? And maybe we should have started there. But really, what fear is? And this is as old as philosophy. Is it? It's avoiding something that is perceived by the mind to be bad.
0: Yeah. So
2: we we always seek the good um humans always seek the good like we talked about in our conscious uh, listening to god's voice and um we 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 go after what we think is good and so we avoid what we think is bad and to take it to a biological level um to the animals they're afraid of death just like we are but they don't think existentially like we do like when you know if you or i i know how i think of it um if i didn't have my faith and i that's why i'm always puzzled by people who maybe don't believe is just the concept of of me of i if you ever read Ayn rand's uh identity essay you know about the the word me and i and, oh yeah and it's really good i won't spoil it or anything but it but it's also i mean it's she takes it over the atheistic top but it actually backfires on an atheist because there's such a strong sense of self that we humans have the ability to think, oh, my gosh, I, if I die, what if there's nothing and I'm not me anymore? Because me is all I am and all I know and all I care about. And yeah. so, of course, we not only have the biological thing like animals, we have even not even animals, plants, every living thing has this ridiculous drive to survive. Yeah, when you see a little piece of grass like bust its way through the concrete and uh, stuff like that. Oh yeah, th- there's this survival thing, right? And and animals uh, are higher than plants, and they can exhibit like fear and they can look afraid and all of that. And what are they afraid of? They're they're. It's very one dimensional for them. It's it's practical. Their fear is like it's it's just about biology. Mm-hmm. They're practical. They, they, they want to survive, and anything that's antithetical to that survival is feared. So for us, it's that, plus it's the existential part where we start thinking about you know how great we are, and it's going to be such a tragedy if we're not around anymore.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, you speaking of the Greeks. In your essay, you have a quote from Socrates that is so good. It says, To fear death, my friends, is only to think ourselves wise without being wise. For it is to think that we know what we do not know. For anything that men can tell, death may be the greatest good that can happen to them. But they fear it as if they know quite well that it was the greatest of evils. And what is this but sh- but that shameful ignorance of thinking that we know what we do not
2: know? Ah, uh, that's so good. If you, by the way, anyone who has not read uh, The Death of Socrates, it's, it's, so, it's such a great lesson. Mm-hmm on overcoming fear. It's such a great lesson on life and death. It's so good. I, I can't even, I mean, we should do a podcast and just read that whole dialogue. It's so darn good. Um, hey, let's just be quoters for a while. Um, there's so many good things that people uh, smarter and more interesting than us, or at least smarter than me, um, have said about fear. There's so much good stuff out there that we can synthesize.
1: Um, and I've you've, had, you've found some good ones. I've had, uh, I, it's so funny because I've debated with some people and some people really resent quotes or they at least say that they do. And the more I think about that, the more ridiculous that is because you might as well just resent all thought that came before you or all anything you've learned because quotes are just like a synthesis of some great thought. You know, the reason why we like them is because they, I don't know. So I, so I think closer. this is
2: a this is a great spot for me to insert one of my pet theories. It's not a theory; I'm sure of it. Um, you know that uh, to go into physics for just a second, you know that matter is neither created nor destroyed. Right? The right. the amount of matter in the universe remains constant. Okay.
1: Right.
2: Um. Uh, the, the same exact thing I believe is true of wisdom. I think that. There is no new wisdom. Uh, wisdom is is a is a is, a, is the thing that like the book of wisdom in the Bible. If you read that, it, it talks a lot about wisdom as sort of this entity. Um, and so there's there's no one living today that that is going to have more wisdom than the wisest person that lived you know thousands of years ago. Um, so wisdom is something that's always there. But it's something that most people ignore. And a way to tap into that wisdom stream, to me, that's out there floating around, is through the consciousness of quotes.
1: I just don't.
2: What s- people have said uh, long ago, not so long ago, all of that.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah.
2: Because, yeah. Well, and, some, and let's so, start by go so, ahead.
1: Some people will say that it's, you know, I want to hear what you think. Don't tell me what somebody else thinks. But I really, right. I, I just think that that's, that, that's really all we ever do is restate something. Maybe you have your, yes, yeah, everybody has their own unique thoughts, but I don't know. I've never, I realized that every good philosophy class I took and every good critical thinking course I took, you, your paper would be, would, fa- you would absolutely fail if you didn't include a huge amount of quotes. Because
2: well, th- how did you fine, get to what you think? Line. Well, you have yeah,
1: to back up your own thoughts with people who are credible. Like you, obviously, I'm not going to quote nobody, but like I don't know. I like, get although some people, random people, can have great quotes too. Did, but
2: Peter Kraft is is such a brilliant man, Professor Kreeft. Um One of the things that he taught me was uh, the people who try the people who try the most to be original are usually the least original. And, and the people who don't try to be original, but just do what they think they're doing are usually the most original. I mean, we have to uh, compare our thoughts. Like you said, we have to, uh, we have to gauge them against something and measure them. We don't want to say, "I don't want to know what anyone else thinks. I just want to think for myself." That's dumb. Well,
1: people but try the, to pretend the, they're people try to pretend they're doing that in the arts all the time too. But everything yeah. is derivative. That's just a yeah. fact of life. And, and
2: well, the flip side of of ignoring everything and saying I want to think for myself is um, when you just parrot everyone else.
1: Right. That's also bad.
2: And neither one of those is good, but. Anyway, let's start by quoting uh, FDR and then me. Okay. FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, president during World War II, and, and one of the most famous quotes, I guess, of all time, and also one of, the, one of the dumbest, most inane quotes that, I, that I've ever thought of, when he said, We have nothing to fear but fear itself. And man, did that get the masses going. Well, you just Woo! let that sink in. Just let that sink in for a minute. I mean, they were, uh, uh, I know what he was trying to say. Yeah. Uh, and, and what he was trying to get across. I mean, they were in a world war. Right. Uh, there was plenty to fear besides fear, okay? Uh, there was plenty out there. and But the notion that fear is the only thing that we need to be afraid of is, first of all, it's kind of,
1: this
2: is a cyclical, weird, like. Is like a logical fallacy? Is it circular yeah, reasoning? I don't know what it is. Definitely circular uh, reasoning. It's also, it's foolish. Yeah. Yeah. So, fear, to quote myself, fear is a good motivator. It can be a really good motivator, but it's a lousy, awful leader. Um, when it's a tool, and, and we're given fear for, from God for a lot of re- the biological reasons, there's great reason for fear to keep us alive. Mm mm-hmm. uh, if we if we use it the right way, we can use it wisely or foolishly. When allowed to run free, then fear is this crazy dictator that will take us down a path to panic and ruin and, and condition red and it, or black. I mean, it's horrible. It's, it's-
1: and I think you see this a lot in like in fiction. Like you'll notice that a lot of the villains are driven by fear, and it turns to madness a lot of times and you see this in shakespeare too you know these fears that just overcome the the antagonist
2: well who among us hasn't felt ourselves like having a panic attack or, or letting when you feel that fear run away it, i don't know a person on earth that probably hasn't had that moment if not a lot of those but if, if you let it go man whoo
1: and in war movies and stuff like I just watched Hacksaw Ridge and it's like you can see at this at this stage of the game where everybody's afraid but just it's just a matter of how you handle it
2: Exactly. But, well, I've been myself I've been in situations in my life where if I wouldn't have been afraid, I probably would have died. Right. Because I would be too dumb to live. Um cuz uh, it, who is not afraid when, you know, things are coming at you that can kill you or, you know, death is all around and all that. But again, if you, you, you can't let it run away. So how? what do you do instead? Uh, great quote from uh, Jack Hiles. I think he was a minister. He said, do not ask for fears to be removed. Ask for courage equal to those fears. Mm-hmm. And and see, like me, uh, I've told. I know I've told you guys this many years ago. Um, uh, at some point in my life, I don't know exactly where, but I stopped praying for things. I mm-hmm. never asked God for one hundred and twenty dollars because uh, this or four hundred dollars for this stupid dog's surgery, whatever. I that was oddly asked, specific. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? I ask for the virtues, man. I, I I pray for all of the virtues. I pray for hope because. Hope is the thing that cures that nagging sense of future evil. I pray for fortitude because that's what makes us go go on. Um, even when we should be afraid, we can still go on. That's how you see, uh, for example, in you'll see uh, police officers and soldiers, Marines, whatever, running toward the sound of gunfire while everyone else is running away from it. It's not that they're not afraid. It's that they, they've they developed enough intestinal fortitude to, to keep going in the face of that. Um, I pray for prudence because that's what's going to keep you out of situations <laughs> that will make you afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, justice, uh, which will teach us right from wrong. And and through that, will ensure that we fight against fear in trying to do what is good and right. And then temperance, uh, which keeps... You know, helps us keep these worldly pleasures at a level they were intended for so we don't wallow in them because a lot of times substance abuse and things like that lead to terrible fear. Um, And then love, of course, uh, ask any mother this, you know, you're a mother and you're going to know it even more. Um, Hmm? Love demands, it absolutely demands that we rise above our fears. You know, the mother, father, brother, sister, whoever that would do anything. Uh, would stand in, in front of the gates of hell for their loved ones. That's what love does. Love is what more than probably most things is is what can put fear behind and make it sh- shrink and shrivel up. Um, John the Tebow loves this quote. The Apostle John says uh, there is no fear in love, and perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with evil and punishment. But of all of the virtues, faith is the one to me that seems to be. The best response to fear, because, you know, the fear we can kid ourselves and say we can get rid of fear. It's going to always be there. But if we have this counterbalance of faith that says, even though I'm afraid, like the like Psalm 23, which I was going to quote later anyway, uh, what probably the most famous Psalm, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for mm-hmm. you are with me. Your rod and your staff to come for me. Well, that's what faith does. You're in the valley of, of death, the shadow of death, whatever, but you have faith that you can get through this and that the fear is not going to kill you itself. Like like Roosevelt said, we only need to fear fear. The fear can't kill you. It's not a thing that can kill you. It's It's actually designed to help you if you just channel it.
1: You know, I'm listening to, uh, I'm going through some Fulton, I have a, a really good app I recommend to everybody, it's it's a Fulton Sheen app, and it's like eight bucks for all of his, a bunch of his talks, it's like a hundred of them. He's but, amazing. Yeah, and he, this one I was listening to today was, I thought it was just on Christmas, but then I think it went into the next one, which was actually on Easter, so I was listening to that, and I was realizing you're, I mean, plus I was reading your you, you, these, um, what you just were talking about with the virtues you really go into on your, in your blog posts about fear. And I really do agree that your thesis is like totally 100% spot on that faith is the one, you know, it's, it's what's it. I know there's other ways for humans to, to not be afraid. And there's other things and like, you know, atheists will be brave as well. But I don't know. I, but faith for, for me is like that it has to be the one because it's just like a little kid, like, you know, kids who are in bad homes are afraid kids who are in, who trust their mom and dad, like they're able to get to sleep. Like, and as we grow up, it's, it's kind of just the same thing. Like if you develop a faith in God and you see it in the saints, like so well, the ones that like seem to not be afraid because they're they've got past it, they're not afraid because they know it's coming. They really believe it. Like people always joke about that with Christians. Like, what are you even afraid of? You're don't you just think you're going? To... And that's the thing is well, they they're actually right at some like really important level. That yes, we should be exemplifying that to the world. We should be lights, just like President Reagan said, shining beacons. Yeah, that's what we should be. The, these lights of the world that are showing, no matter what is happening, like the who's and whoville, doesn't matter what happens. We have faith. <laughs> we are gonna. We're gonna show you that we are the light of the world because this world is gonna end for everyone. I always so say, I always right say there.
2: That. Perfect. Perfect insert time. John. Uh, John sixteen thirty three. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world.
1: Yeah. In in fact, I've been thinking along – Like Getting
2: rid of your fear is contained in those two sentences. Yeah,
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I have been thinking – For a while, since I heard that Mel Gibson was going to be doing another part to his, or, like, you know, the the resurrection. And I am, like, so excited because, I don't know, that is, like, that's it. That's what it's really all about. I mean, because, like you said, like, pretty much everything comes down to a fear of death. And I have a Mark Twain quote that says, The fear of death follows from the fear of life. A man who lives fully is prepared to die at any time. Now, that's true. Yeah, and, he, and I think good. he said that as a, I don't think he was like a Christian or anything, but there's truth in that. And I think really we all learned this not fearing death thing from Jesus. Like, what else, who else are you going to learn it from? There's only one person who came back. That's I a, mean, people. Ha- done
2: it. Um, so, the, yeah, the faith thing again, George McDonald, who was. Uh, a contemporary and a f- good friend to CS Lewis and Tolkien um and in fact CS Lewis considered George MacDonald uh all of their superior intellectually they they uh, they so all of genius. those yeah all of those guys sort of like bowed at, at George MacDonald's feet um anyway he has some great a couple of short ones like he said uh a perfect faith would lift us absolutely above fear well,
1: that's kind of a spin off of the biblical quote It exactly is.
2: And and then he said, uh, this one's really, really, it's short three words, and it just bites you. Fear is faithlessness.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, And I don't think he meant it derisively, like he's saying, I'm not afraid because I have. He's saying that shows our human weakness and the limits of our faith um, if we're not able to rise above we're still going to have the animal fear and the instinct, but if we can't rise above the existential fear, then that is a sign of faithlessness to some extent, right?
1: My favorite quote from him is the more poetic one that you have on your website, which is how strange this fear of death is. We are never frightened at a sunset.
2: Oh, right. I forgot that. Yeah, I, that's a good one because we know what follows a sunset, right?
1: And that's the thing is if you really, really, really believe then you know what comes next. But, I don't know. It's a battle, because we are human. So,
2: Well, and here's, uh, just to maybe put a cap on this faith, and um, another quote, Harry Emerson Fosdick, Fear imprisons, faith liberates. Fear paralyzes, faith empowers. Fear disheartens, faith encourages. Fear sickens, faith heals. Fear makes useless, faith makes serviceable. Um, So they all agree with me. I think about fear being or faith being the, the the real uh, magic money pill.
1: And so, what do we do practically? Like when we feel afraid? Like I've had. I'm into the eighth month of pregnancy now, and there's like random bits of, like, anxiety will just come out of nowhere, and, like, I think one of the worst things humans go through is insomnia, which I've never had until very recently, and, I don't know, it just, like, plagues your mind with, like, these irrational boogeymen that just come in, and it's like, you're gonna be dead soon, or this person's gonna be dead soon, or this is gonna happen, or that's gonna happen, or nothing particularly, Maybe it's just a bunch of, just yeah. that feeling of dread. So, like, how do you get past this? I think practically, like, it's funny because, like, there's no books on how to be afraid, just like there's no books on how to lose uh, all your money. Like, this is something we all instinctively can do. We all know how to be afraid. Um, But how do you not be afraid? Like, how do you get through it? And there's so many, like... Pills and this and that and and maybe you need some. I don't, you know, everybody's different and and sometimes medicine does help. But practically, if you, like, there has to be real ways to get through it. And if you're right that it's faith that is the key, and if you have faith, then you've got to go to that and yeah and take it and trust that it will work. Well,
2: just I guess a good a good disclaimer here would be on the biological part because there are certainly people like it's like depression. You know, there are people who you, a normal quote, normal person uh, might be depressed because they lost their job, but there's people who are clinically physically depressed. It's not something that's within their power to just on their own, to just fix like, like maybe other things might be. So if, Cause there's different ways to deal with fear. You can, you can ignore fear. Like we talked about early, earlier, uh, you can, you know, pretend that there's nothing in that corner. You can have denial.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You can, uh, you can numb, you can numb fear. And we all do that. You can numb it with pills. You can numb it with, with medicine. You can numb it with all sorts of things. Um, you can face fear, but when you face fear, does that mean that you just stand there and wallow in the fear, or does it mean that you keep moving forward anyway? And to me, I think your question about what do we do, I think that's what we do. I think the way we say it at the end of our show all the time is, you know, keep moving forward. Whatever's going on is going to happen, and you're either going to stand there and be and, and admire, as they say, admire the problem, or you're going to do something about it. And so if you even teeny little Itsy-bitsy little progress can be so incremental. Any movement forward, to me, keeps you from being paralyzed by fear. So if if something is is really, really making me afraid, um, then I need to do something, even if it's a teeny tiny little thing, so that I move forward rather than stand there paralyzed, just admiring the fear, wallowing in and being paralyzed by it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and along, I mean, it is moving forward to do this other thing that I, just for anybody out there who finds himself in a the throes of a panic attack or anxiety attack, most, always, of like 99% of the time, just doing something for somebody else or thinking about somebody else. Oh, Really, really, really. Perfect really, just Yeah, it really helps, so I really recommend just anything, you know, like just... Throwing and sometimes it's hard because it's like in the middle of the night. Maybe you're having trouble sleeping or whatever. But maybe when you're not asleep or when you're not feeling anxious, take time to make a list of things that you can get to if you're ever having one of these like episodes. You know, things that need to be done for other people that you can really throw yourself into. Like, and if it's the daytime and you have the ability to actually go do it. Man, I mean, you well, know, that's so, that's forward,
2: over. that's forward movement, right there, definitely. Uh, and you know, oh man, this just popped into my head like, like a nuclear explosion. Once again, the great J.R.R. Tolkien,
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, the most, the most religious book ever written, The Lord of the Rings, next to the Bible. Um, what you just said is so brilliant about uh, thinking of someone else, uh, Sam and frodo and their journey and what happens to frodo he gets ate up with anxiety because of these you know what the ring was doing to him the ring was playing on his fears and all of this he didn't he initially he thought of sam and they shared the bread and all of that and he got to the point where he wasn't thinking about sam at all well sam never stopped thinking about frodo Mm
0: -hmm. and
2: at the end in the the worst most dire spot when he says i can't carry the ring but i can't carry you all sam cared about was frodo sam didn't really maybe grasp or give a good damn about these great giant things that were happening all sam's vision and and his his everything he had was basically focused on his friend on frodo and that's what you just nailed it i mean that that's what got sam through that that's what got sam to carry frodo in that last
1: one i think that explains like a lot of us question like how the hell did people get through the freaking depression or the all these horrible times that have happened and you've got you know some of our ancestors who are still alive like our grandparents you're like you just how did you do it and you realize i think a big part of it is them just Because they had to. They did it for their kids, for their family, for their wives, for their husbands. They had, they didn't think about other things or when they were afraid, they still got up and just did it. And that's like, that's something that now we're so, I don't know, I get, I don't know if we're just obsessing more because, because there's not real crises or, or um, you know, there are, but we, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know why anxiety well, seems to be. Well, humans,
2: uh, Americans and Western civilization doesn't know what it means anymore to, to have an, exis- an existential threat, although the Europeans are starting to learn it again, but well, we don't know God. how to be, we don't know how to be hungry. We don't know. Right. I mean, our, our poorest people, um, uh, many of them are obese. in our country so we don't have there's no starvation going on in america it's not happening in spite of what some people would tell you um they
1: do try to tell you too there's
2: there's just it's all everything's relative you know every generation has their own things that they face and every person one something that makes you know like phobias Uh, phobias are a great thing we should have talked more about here but uh something that makes you know, you might be terrified of spiders. I might love spiders. Uh, it's all relative. Right. Mm-hmm. But that death, that death thing is the one that exists existential thing is that one that really uh, it seems to be the common link for for all carbon based or all humans that the biological one for all carbon based life forms is. Uh, we want to survive, but for humans, the re- we, we're deeply into the reason why we want to survive, because of the me thing. And, Definitely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But, and and really, I it comes down to, I think, every panic attack, at least that I've had, although people disagree with me when I talk to them, every one for me comes down to me being afraid that I'm going to die. That's my panic attacks. And maybe right. pe- people's ma- manifest differently, but that is like it's like a like a monsoon like spiral of me 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 me, because me. maybe yeah. I, maybe i am gonna die but so well, what do, so what do i want to do with the, the next five minutes i mean you can even go that extreme and say let's do something and just get through it or you can be more rational and say you're not gonna die and go to the doctor and stuff like that that's, that's also an option you can do but you know if it's I think the reason why I'm hitting on this so much is just because it really is one of the most traumatic things, I think. And so I do empathize with anybody out there who deals with genuine anxiety. And I feel for girls a lot. I mean, so many girls that I have met through work and jobs. And I really do feel for them. Like, And I know guys have these issues too, but like they're so overwhelmed with stress in such a different way than other generations of females have had have had it like every generation's got their own stuff but right now yeah. female females are like the like very exponentially higher rate of anxiety disorders than males I and mean, it's only to me kind of obvious We've, we're trying to play so many different roles and none of them were doing quite right and so there's guilt and there's all these different things and um, I don't know well the
2: I think your earlier point about other people and it, it might just be the crux of this entire whole thing because what these snowflakes and modern society has done to all of us to some extent, and especially to these millennials and centennials, is this uh, – I call it the fame factor is Facebook and all of these things. Everybody wants to be famous. Everybody wants it, – it's its like if there's it, – it's all about me and I want people to look at me, and I want to see how many hits I get on a post. I want to see, because because that's me, and it's about me, and me, 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 me. Now, 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 now. This is really and when art. So,
1: this is really when art started to go downhill too. I truly believe. Oh yeah, the it, modern well, artists when that, are when all, that's all about you, me.
2: When that's all you care about, mm-hmm. then you, we're all so deeply flawed that when. If things go wrong for me, then my anxieties start kind of going nuts. Um, so, so it's, it's no wonder that we have a we we have a, a population of snowflakes and and fragile people uh, who cannot face adversity.
1: Well, we definitely we just like handle problems so differently and we're in such a different world and like things that were taken for granted. We
2: don't handle problems. That's the problem.
1: But like even just the way we think about problems is like so different. And like, I think if I would have told, you know, like anybody from like a long ago generation, like even my grandma, when I talked to her, like, she's so confused as how somebody could possibly exist with with no belief in god because like that faith was the cornerstone like without it everything else like no wonder we have yeah, such such unshakable. fear no no wonder we have such crazy anxiety cuz we, we're losing god and he is like the without him we really are that thing that we're afraid of animals that are going to die and rot into worms you need that guy
2: well hey that's what it literally maybe these uh, these modern fears all of this insecurity and the snowflake syndrome, um, maybe that's a function of the new existential threat isn't that your immortal soul will go on, it's that that your time on this earth is going to be marred or you're going to have to suffer some indignity like being offended. Um, If you raise a kid to believe that he or she has a right to not be offended, that they have a right to not that if someone else says something that offends them, that that other person should be punished for saying something that offends them. Um, as in this hate speech stuff and all. And that is, that is not empowering that person at all. That's not protecting that person at all. It's the exact opposite.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: you're, you're actually making that person more fragile and you're telling them that they need to be protected from other people's ideas. And so every time something they hear or see or feel something that they don't like or whatever, it causes them personal anxiety. And I believe in some of them. It's actually real. anxiety. I really do real. too. And
1: I actually do. I'm starting to empathize with like, and not empathize. Like I understand them, but I really do feel bad for some of these, like these people are, it's very sad.
2: It, it, it's, it's beyond sad. It's tragic. And it's having, a, it's taking a terrible toll on our, on our country. But fortunately, I think there's enough people, uh, maybe not even just older people, because I know lots of I work with a lot of people, uh, a lot of millennials in my job, a lot of uh, men and women in their in their early, mid, late 20s that are a very, very strong stock. They they are they're a credit, you know, to their generation. They they face up to things. They you know, they they. They don't melt in the face of adversity and stuff like that. And I know that's maybe because they're sheepdogs, but mm-hmm. I think anyone could. Uh, that it's all—it's it's all a matter of how how you're raised and, and how your environment like cultivates you. But I anyway. think that
1: if people take something away from this episode, they should just go watch all three Lord of the Rings until they understand.
2: Well, that, and then yeah, when, when you said that and, and that popped in in uh, final scenes with uh, Sam and Frodo, is, the, the key is really believing. It's having faith that things, it may, they, things may go really wrong right now in this world, but it, this world isn't what matters. Um, and all I mean, these- it does matter. It does matter. But while we're here. Oh, here we go. Here we go. This is it. It just framed for me. So it's not that this world doesn't matter. It's that we have faith, like Jesus said, I have conquered this world, so you will have trouble here, but I've conquered it. So he's telling us there, don't worry, you're not, you're not going to die. Your body is going to die for a minute, but you're going to go on. So that's the existential part. But the, what we're supposed to do while we're here in every commandment, every, in, every influence we get from the Bible is to love one another as Jesus loved us, to take care of each other the way Sam took care of Frodo and the way you framed it earlier. So maybe that's your ticket. For your fears of your own personal me and death and all, think of Jesus. And for your fears on earth of of things, think of other people.
1: Yeah. That's, I mean, if you do those things, you know, it, it's definitely going to be a step forward. You know, there's practical, other practical tools you can do, breathing and all this kind of stuff to get through certain, like, specific anxieties. but Definitely don't let it turn into a monster because the devil's just sitting there wanting it to, you know. Go read Screw Tape Letters and watch Lord of the Rings and fill your head with good stuff and look at people who just beat the odds.
2: Be inspired.
1: Yeah, inspiration is really, really, I think, another really important key to get through fear. Like, real good inspiration. Like, it's so funny because there's, like, this weird conundrum of, of, like good movies in Hollywood and bad movies and Hollywood seems schizophrenic with what they want to Loud as being actually good and what they don't like they give Return of the King an Oscar which is amazing but sometimes they they like some of these movies like uh, that one uh baby oh what was that one that stupid movie that was it Clint Eastwood made it
2: yeah um the the female uh... boxer movie Yep, yep, yep. And that movie's Whatever. about
1: assisted suicide, and it, to me, it's it's the exact opposite of of what we're talking about today. I don't know. So, be inspired. Look look at good. Well, read, read good things, and and um, fill your head and, and heart and, with and, good. And stuff. look
2: at and look at good people. Um, it, like I've been teaching for years, in a lot of the different classes that I teach, people we're social animals and just like like panic is contagious right it really is if if you've ever been like on a plane or in a bad situation and someone starts freaking out it, we're social animals man we all fear that uh, we feel it and it infects us because it's a survival mechanism it's sort of like you know the herd is out eating and one of them spots a wolf <laughs> and mm-hmm. and then everyone whoa what the heck mhm Well, fortunately, courage and calmness and all of that is also contagious. And, you know, we we often we learn a lot of the things we learn. We learn just from osmosis. That's probably not the Rachel will be mad. I didn't use it right. But we we learn it from examples and everyone sets an example one way or another, like my dad always said. So we learn the bad things. We learn the good things. Fear is contagious. Panic is contagious calm is contagious courage is contagious um, you know so if you think of your like I always say in in a survival class I teach for public violence and other stressful things um, whether you're gonna you know in the middle of a, a plane crash or a mass killing or whatever tell yourself beforehand that if something bad ever happens that you're gonna be that one and then picture yourself envision it Picture yourself being that person that's going to go over to the person that's terrified and grab their hand and say, hey, I'm with you. Let's breathe together. Let's take some deep breaths. You know what I mean? Breathe. Def- breathe.
1: Def- yeah, definitely.
2: So if you do that, it's like self-fulfilling. Um, it will it will come to pass because you've done it in your mind enough and you've thought about it. So when something happens, it'll be there for you. And just say, I'm going to be the one. I'm going to get people over the hump. I want to be someone that people can lean on when they're falling.
1: And I think honestly like if you have joy in your heart and you really cultivate these good like positive things like like we're saying like good films, good good books and 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 build your faith stronger and stronger and stronger, like even like if you're having a dark night of the soul like, and you're not feeling like reading like keep doing it because you start to build up like, to where you yourself are, like, like I think about Tebow and, like, people like that who, they, they like, uh, he just recently, like, prayed over some guy on a plane and helped, like, yeah, calm yeah. this whole airplane. And, like, you become, like, even if, even if you don't plan for it, you yourself are becoming this light that can help people in dark times.
2: And that, you know what that does? That helps you.
1: A hundred percent, because you start to go away. That's kind of the key is that you are a light. You're not needing a light. You are one. So as you fade out, God comes in and and your anxiety will naturally fall away because you're not not thinking about
2: you. And how many different times did Jesus explain that if in the kingdom of heaven, those who make themselves the least will be the greatest and those who make themselves the greatest will be the least. Um, And that's sort of the essence of it all, because the more we focus on me, the more anxiety attacks and the more wretched we feel.
1: Um, That's that's probably
2: why so many famous, rich, you know, um, soulless people are actually miserable. And they're just seething. uh, They're a seething batch of insecurities. And you always read about these famous people that die young and are are even old, but they've, you know, they substance abuse their whole life and they're just. You're just fraught with another, all of these insecurities. Yeah, it's another insecurity. tragedy
1: because their their whole life, by necessity, by design, is spent worrying about themselves because that's their that's their ticket, that's their golden ticket. Right. They have got to keep them. So y- the key is really to let yourself fade away and become that beacon to the world. Think about everybody else. You know those people. You, we all know those people who they're always giving. and You're just like, how do they do it? And they are so happy, and it's yeah. so true. So. It's
2: because they have a simple heart. And having a simple heart doesn't mean that you have a simple mind or you're a simple person. It, it just means that your heart understands what's really important.
0: Mm-hmm. And what's
2: really important is other people. It's It, it just is because that's what's going to get us through the earth. Anyway, um, on and on. We've beat it, I think. I, I do want to – one, this is uh, a psalm in – I'm going to close my part with this, um, Psalm 56 verses three and four. When I am afraid, I will trust in you, in God whose word I praise. In God I trust; I will not be afraid. What can mortal man do to me?
1: No, that's that's it.
2: Ah, oh, it's so good. It's so good.
1: <laughs> well, it's key. Okay, well, good talk. Good talking. Good stuff. Talk. I'm
2: afraid. I'm afraid we're out of time. I'm actually,
1: I'm actually cheerful that we're out of time because I'm tired and I want to go. See what I
2: meant about? See what I meant about it being relative? There you go. All right. Well, Well, uh, keep definitely keep moving forward more now than ever. Uh, Be Samwise Gamgee. Be that person that carries the uh, anxiety-ridden ring bearer.
1: Be not afraid. Go out there and be. God bless. Bye. If you walk
0: amid the burning flames, you shall not be harmed. If you stand